The ants go F you one by one. Hurrah! Hurrah! For the F word! You have been warned. Content is explicit. Welcome! You are listening to Bewitch Banter, where two best friends, one skeptical looking at you over there with my aunt eyes, and our resident aunt Krista. We talk about the universe, some really cool and creepy things, and divinity, you know. Or what I would call magical thinking. But really though, we talk about the spooky, the spiritual, some wacky religions, and cults, and the paranormal. And today, I am going to be talking all about the Ant Hill Kids, the cults. What? So we talking about cults today. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And should we say <laughs> cheers? Let's. Salud, my best friend. Cheers. I'm having my first drink of 2023 because I am Mother Teresa up in this house. <laughs> I'm a saint. Listen, I am proud of her, though. She was really good. Dry January 2023. Cheers to that. Now I'm gonna do damp February. Damp, I like that. Okay, yeah, getting damp. I'm up trying in to here. get wet up in here, but you know, I mean, we got another bottle pop just to be ready, prepared if we need it. You know, still trying to pop in case some. of emergency. Pop we ha- we got it nearby. <laughs> That's what I'm selling. Okay. All right, so you have been excited about this all the goddamn day. Please do tell me about the ants go marching one by one. Yes, it's kind of a weird name, right, for a cult. Super weird. Okay, all you ready for the Ant Hill Kids? It's gonna be a good one. Ding 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 ding! I'm ready. And if you enjoy <laughs> this, please rate, review, and subscribe, so you can listen to more of our bullshit. And I have been on a real big like cult kick lately. I just I find cults so fascinating, and we're gonna get into it because this is one of like the most gruesome cults of all time in Canadians' history. And I apologize, people. I did not know how dark it was going to get. It is dark. Yeah, which darkness is not usually your thing. It's usually my shit. So I was very shocked when you sent me that today. I had completed so much research where I was too far in, mm-hmm. where I can't turn around, and then I got to the really dark part, and I was like, well. I'm already committed to this episode. I spent too much time researching this, so we're going to go all the way through, but it kind of grossed me out even typing out some of the stuff. So I will give uh, warnings for people if you're squeamish to hit that button, uh, fast forward a few minutes because, oh God, it gets gross. Mm -hmm. And I actually, there's one part where I was researching where I, I always use multiple articles, but it was so gruesome that I had to go immediately and fact check it. Like this is so barbaric and gruesome like how could this even be real where i had to be like is this go somewhere else and make sure someone else wasn't making this stuff up and they're sick wow. of so, so yeah so albert fish or worse Ooh, it's pretty bad okay so but don't worry i'm gonna ease this all in all on right. this journey oh, i'm gonna ease you in i'm gonna give you the backstory it didn't obviously start that horrific from day one but we're gonna end there okay to tie it back we all know that lots of people like to use god as a weapon to manipulate people me and krista did an episode about the twice impeached orangutan pre- ex-president <laughs> where he would pretend to be religious to get the evangelicals to back him So I'm not going to pollute your ears today with Trump's bullshit, but instead I'm going to be taking down the dark path about learning this 
about this cult, which I've said at the top, it's nicknamed the Ant Hill Kids. First of all, they were nicknamed the Ant Hill Kids because the cult leader, Theriol, had his followers building an entire town on the mountainside in Quebec while he sat on his fat ass. <laughs> Was he fat? Actually, no. He's a skinny little ugly motherfucker with way too much facial hair, which I find kind of a revolting. Repulsed. Like, oh, too much. Mm-mm. Not cute. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you can have a beard, trim it, make it look nice. This is like mm-hmm. your barbarian. You need to get get your shit done. Like- okay, I'm going to show you this picture really quick. Okay. Ew, David. Uh- <laughs> I love how basic you are. His first name is, in English, you pronounce it Rock. And then in French, you say Roche. So I'm going to pronounce it French because he's from Quebec. Okay. Okay. This is how they described him. Just to buckle yourself up and get ready for this journey. He was a cult leader, psychopath, manipulator, sadist, and self-proclaimed surgeon. Tortured his following, his followers between the 1960s through the 1980s. Sounds just like what I'm looking for in my Bumble app. Yeah, that's what you definitely need in the description for a winner. All of that. (laughs) And again, he founded one of the most bizarre and violent cults in Canadian history. Which you don't think of Canada, Canada as being violent, but that's, that's what, what everyone goes to. stereotype. Because they love saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel like Corey should be from Canada because well, he loves enough. to apologize for shit. Midwest, that's why it's so similar with the accent and with the, the politeness. There are some similarities between us and Roche, though. Okay. I was a little like, oh, my God, are we in a cult? <gasps> this is a first. This cult was made of bakers. Okay. Like bread? Let me get to it. So imagine you're at the farmer's market being your wholesome self. You just drank your green juice, did your workout, because we're such perfect angels when it comes to that. Uh, you're far closer than I. <laughs> we know this. And you're casually bra- uh, like browsing the aisle looking for some homemade baked bread or cookies. So most of the time you assume you're buying from like sweet farmers, right? Like with good intentions, just trying to give back to the local community. I mean, I just see heavy chicks. Okay. But so in the 70s, if you're in St. Marie, Quebec, you may just be buying your local goodies for the week and spending all your dollars, not funding a corporation, because we all try to avoid that by going to the farmer's market, but instead mm-hmm. a cult. So just put that in your back pocket for next time you're at the farmer's so market. next time I... Ride my bike down to the Bethany Home Farmer's Market. You know, it's right across from a church. All right. I will. Yeah. So, you, I mean, we all have the best intentions, but sometimes what can you do? So back to the sad- sadistic cult leader and pastry chef, Rock Theral. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All background on this motherfucker. Are you ready? He was born May 16th. 1947, somewhere in Quebec in Sagny Valley. He had six siblings growing up. Posley in BFE, Quebec, he would play with wild bears. That was just a casual thing. Thing I read upon. I'm like, uh, are we going to elaborate on this? I need to know a little bit more, but there was nothing more. It was just a casual sentence they threw into his little blip of his sad life. Because he didn't do it. They're trying to make him look somewhat like hot. But that's not working. That's not hot to me. That's stupid. You're going to play with a bear idiot? A baby bears, I would. Have fun getting mauled. And I'm not going to feel sorry for you. He claimed his dad was abusive and his dad denied all of... His dad's came forward ever since, like, he went to blah, blah, blah. He's came forward and said it's not true. So 
it's he said, he said, not he said, she said kind of situation. So we don't know if, and in his local small town, they only offered school until seventh grade. Him and all his uh, siblings received a seventh grade education. That was their end of their journey for them. People did describe him at that age as being very bright and very intelligent. So he did have a lot of potential. But he used his uh, charisma and potential in other horrendous ways. His dad was (laughs) extremely religious and a member of the Catholic fascist group in Quebec. And like Bewitch Banter, bringing it back to us, Roche had a hatred towards Catholicism, (laughs) but that was mostly due to his dad dragging him along to hand out propaganda for his Catholicism fascist group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I was like, we should on Catholicism a lot. lot. We've been on that train for a while. Maybe that's why we're dropping listeners left and right. Mm, <laughs> too bad. <laughs> Listen, I was semi-raised in it. I wasn't even really raised in it. I can't. I'm out. <laughs> well, I think it's just when you see through it all, like what they preach and they don't follow it. It's like a certain point. It's like, how could you be for this organization? Like, yes, the sentiment of what they preach is a lot of it's like beautiful. Treat your neighbor kindly. But then how do they treat their neighbor? Like shit. But he was against organized religion, which I can completely can Yet understand. he started a cult. Fuck him. He was known for loving attention. And he found as an older adolescent, so think about like middle school, right? He's at that age. So he's one of the best ways to get attention he learned quickly was to play the victim. Because all of a sudden when you're the victim, you get showered in attention. So he would openly talk about mistreatment as he received from his family. From my understanding, there's no verdict on this. So no one knows if he was mistreated or if it was just a play for attention. Okay. And it's all up in this pastry chef's mind. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I'm picturing um, the ratatouille. Like, it makes me think of I'm the right fucked up movie we watched, The Menu. <gasps> I forgot about that movie because it was so dark. I put it around my head. That was awful. So anyone, if you're listening, and it was on, I think, HBO, you need to watch it. It's mm-hmm. The Menu. And it kind of makes fun of, like, foodie culture. Mm-hmm. But it foodie and influencer. Foodie influencer. Yeah. And, I'm a huge foodie, but it's crazy. It's all about this people who are invited this all exclusive dinner. And then it becomes like a horror movie. You got to watch it. I don't want to give too much no. away, but if you haven't watched it, it's a total mind fuck. Yes. That's the only way to describe it, <laughs> which means it's a great film. So in 1967, he married Francine. She was a local and they moved to Montreal and he had two sons. So he had uh, Roche. Junior and Francois. Okay. A few years into him living in Montreal, he developed several ulcers and they had oh. to be removed. And from the aftermath of the surgery, he had a lot of complications. Okay. And that caused him to have severe d- discomfort. And this really was the culprit of him moving back to his small town and then becoming obsessed with medicine and anatomy. So remember, he's a make believe surgeon at one point in his life. So I think this is kind of all this brewing under the water. I'm like scared now for like foreshadowing of what you said about gruesome now. Ew. He, I didn't, there's a lot to include because it's just not necessary. Okay. Thank you. He became involved in local politics in a small town and joined what was called the Club Aramas. And he used this platform as a way to be outspoken and have a platform like us at Bewitch Banter against (laughs) Catholicism. 
<laughs> I was like, damn, do I like, is he on our podcast? Should we invite him Maybe as a guest? Oh, shit. You might have some good insight. Oh, uh, how do you say Benicky in French? Come here. Visit <laughs> us. <laughs> I don't know French. While he's talking shit about Catholicism, he's even a little bit more like us because he is a thirsty little motherfucker. Oh my God, me. Yes. He has a newfound obsession with sex. Unlike Krista, who has now professed she can't be a hoe bag. I can't. I'm so sad. Well, let's move on. It really does make me sad. <laughs> I can't. Oh. So he started to drink a shit ton of White Claws or whatever they had around that time period, okay? I don't know what they had. So he's like the local drunk White Claw-hating Catholicism dude. White girl weeks that thirsty bitch. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, have you tried the raspberry? It's like they're yelling the flavor from another room. <laughs> have you ever seen that meme about sparkling water? Oh, no. But I can imagine. They're like saying sparkling water is like someone yelling the flavor from another room. Oh, yeah, because Bubbly does that. With Literally does it with their copy. Yes. Hey. Hey, you. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? <laughs> the drunk dude starts to sell some shitty wood statues. And he uses this as an excuse to leave his family on the weekends to travel. Because he's got to sell these ugly ass sculptures. Because someone's going to buy them, That's right? That's a great beard. Not his beard. That shit was disgusting. But like a beard of like, hey, bitch, I'm out for the weekend. Got to sell some shit. I'm about to go fuck everybody on my route. What's yeah, that? that's like a story as old as time. Like mm. the milkman. Come on, the ladies did it too. Fuck yeah. Oh, stop. You got me on milkman fantasy, repairman fantasy. <laughs> like, woo. All right. Moving See, on. I told you. Moving on. <laughs> With all his like sexual rendezvous in his lack of sales, he puts <laughs> his family in debt. <laughs> like he's the motherfucking asshole of them all. Mm hmm. First of all, why are you trying to sell these ugly sculptures? And then saying, oh, you sleeping on me? And then you put my family in debt. I'm trying to raise two kids. No, you don't. Where my welfare at, bitch? Let's go. Or and no Fran child support. Let's go. <laughs> and Francine, like me, she was like, fuck you and your sculptures. I'm leaving your ass. <laughs> That's nice to see someone with the backbone. <laughs> Dumbass Roche, whatever. Or Roach. I want to call him Roach. Call he, him Roach because he sounds like a Roach. He's a fucking Dirty ass roach. motherfucker. No, he's gross. All right. Roach it is. So now all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm going to pursue my lover, one of my side girls, full time. Just the one of the ten of them. And her name is Giselle. Of course it fucking is. No offense, Giselle, Bunchen, but you, yeah. Oh, I feel sorry for this girl, though. This Giselle we feel sorry for? Okay, tell us Yeah, more. it's going to get bad for her. Mm. This is when he discovers the Seventh-day Adventist church. Basically, him discovering this is what helped him make the foundation of his cult. Okay. Got so it. I Googled really quickly what's the difference between Christians, because it is a sect of Christianity, Mm -hmm. uh, but what's the difference of like from other denominations? Mm -hmm. And all I gathered is there are people who don't like to have fun. Like they're <laughs> like Mormons. They're wouldn't you guess that's all Christianity? Oh, yeah, so listen, Catholics, we don't give a fuck. We love our red wine, you know. What I'm saying? Well, in my hometown, I think like ninety percent of the people are Catholic and people know how to party and have a good time. So the fuck I'm saying Catholics drank. So that's why we're looked down on by the new Christian bitches. 
They're just jealous. Listen, Jesus They're drank. Just, Jesus made wine. He didn't just drink it. He made the shit. So fuck <laughs> yeah, off. That's true. God, imagine that party trick. Mm-mm. Okay, back to the people not having fun. The sad people. So they all were against tobacco products, alcohol, drugs. And then some of them go even as far as not eating refined foods, sweeteners, or caffeine. So basically, like, Mormon. Just put them all on the same hat. Roche became one of the most loyal members. He attended every Saturday. And they would host. I thought this was weird. But they would host their local meetings in a motel. I just, like, get the shitty carpet, nasty, jizzing mattress. Oh, and bullet powder. Just come blood and bullet powder everywhere. Yeah. Just gross. All around. (laughs) Ew, David. (laughs) And this is when he became known as Moses from his followers. Oh, no. He stopped drinking. But even though the other people were weird, he was a creep. Like, People recall him being like getting the creep from him, the EBGBs. Like, and they said that his enthusiasm for God was unsettling. Just let that settle in for a second. His enthusiasm for God was unsettling. Even the Christians are freaked out by this fucking weirdo. <laughs> so that tells you how whack ass he is gonna be. A little eccentric or too too excited i don't know i mean like the people are like praising jesus and they think he's the weirdo that's what i'm saying tone it down aunt the knee or aunt hill the rock <laughs> the rock he became very fascinated with the old testament and he liked the idea of how it preached about strict codes oh trigger warning krista of masculine authority mm. and became mm. equally mm. fascinated with apocalypse okay motherfucker he's broke as a joke he started to sell (laughs) aventus literature door to door and started hosting workshops to help people quit smoking which i can you want to get behind but you yeah but he's a fin creep he's too enthusiastic and getting hard on to god so we all need him to calm down in 1977 he was extremely successful and started to gather the attention of about 10 followers. Damn. That's like oh, banter. banter again. I Cheers, told you bitch. we have so many similarities. We're the roach. Oh, we We're are the roach. The roach. <laughs> All his followers were young and about their early 20s. They would crash at his girlfriend's place, Giselle, apartment over the weekend. And this is where Roche uh, convinced them to quit college. Because he was saying, what's the point of having this expensive piece of paper when the world is about to end? I mean, not a bad argument. Also, what's the point of having it even when the world's not going to end? How many times have we had this conversation lately? Oh, my God. I think we're friends with him. I told you. We have a lot in common with him. We are one step away from being in the Ant Hill Kids cult. (gasps) Okay. Tell me more so I don't Thankfully, join this cult. Thankfully, we will not be joining this cult. Tell us more. So Giselle had rumblings of jealousy since quite a few members of the group were girls who seemed to adore him. And she got the vibe that they were more into him over his mission. They're like, oh, yeah, baby, you're so good. Like, tell me more about God. But really, they just want to hear him talk. Yeah. He looked like. Okay, his name's Roach, and he looked like he got roaches in his beard. Okay? You must have BDE. I don't know. Not like that. How does someone look like that? You got BDE. Not to me. Already, I'm out. There no. Mm-mm. But this is when his reputation started to grow, and he was a healer, and about eight people decided to 
move in. It's like your old apartment situation. His, oh, my six Jamaican roommates. Yeah, she had neighbors. <laughs> neighbors she had neighbors were like, was it six people? Six bros from, yeah, like half America, half Jamaica. And they got evicted. Oh, God bless. He decided it was time for them to move to from BFE to another BFE. Okay. Very also much like my neighbors. Yes. So they moved about 65 kilometers, which as an American, I can't tell you what that is outside of Quebec City and opened a healthy living clinic where they sold organic foods, baked goods, and medicine alternatives. Cool. So that brings me back to them being pastry chefs. I don't know if they actually- Right on, bro. (laughs) I was kind of joking the pastry thing. I don't think that's real, but I know they would, like a lot of the followers would bake goods to sell at this clinic. Sure. Because uh, Roche had no class or taste, he made all his followers wear an ugly uniform of an ankle length green tunic and beige for men, and Ew. Roche would wear a brown, dark brown robe like someone's ugly dad would. <laughs> <laughs> Through his clinic, he started to make decent <laughs> money. <laughs> what? Oh, okay, sorry. I just like register, and I was like, she's making a joke. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it makes me think of like the terry cloth brown robe, like someone's, and has like a big gut, just. I see what you're saying. You're thinking white trash again. Yeah. That's what I envision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Through his clinic, he started to make decent money and attract new followers. One of his followers, Leo, was so devoted to his cause, he actually sold all his possessions in his home and moved his family to be part of the Ant Hill Kids. Zell was getting desperate for his love and was worried he would cheat, so she decided to propose herself. Oh, triggered as fuck. And he mm, said, "How's that different than an ultimatum?" What? This part is this part was really sad. Uh, he said yes, and a week later they got married at an Adventist church in Montreal. Okay. On the five-hour trip home, Roche, uh, Roche, is it Roche? I can't even remember how to pronounce it. Roche. I think it was Rock. I'm Rock. gonna say Rock, and I'm gonna change it. Sorry, guys. Uh, Rock. Roche. I, mean, I don't fucking know. I Roche. And I'm saying Roche. On the five-hour home drive home roche spent most of his drive not giving attention to the lovely bride he just married but getting um like fond over from all his like followers who attended along and giselle was some reason they had a mattress in the back of their van and she cried the whole way home for some reason you know exactly why they had oh yeah she felt like he married her as a way to build a reputation and getting good with adventists in mm-hmm. Montreal, but not because he loved her. You think? I'm sorry, girl. You got played. Girl, I hear you. Me too. It gets worse, though, for her. Damn, she's had it rough. The Ventus didn't fall for the stunt, and several members of the church tried to approach the parents of some of the followers and com- convince them to leave Roche. They also tried to convince Giselle to leave Roche, too, while they are visiting in town for them to get married. It's like the church is like, this something is up. This is not okay. Mm-hmm. Like, let's try to save these poor followers and poor people. Yeah. This led the family to send the police to help to convince the girls to leave at the their new location. And the girls refused to speak and only would allow Roche to speak to the police. So manipulation 101. A thousand percent. 
Several business leaders came forward and complained that Roche owed them money, but the police legally couldn't do anything. A big part of the story is that the police are in on what's happening because it's, it's a small town. Okay. People are talking. You know what's going on, right? But how do we legally pin him on something sure. and get evidence? And, and that's the big frustration because they know he's a cult leader. He's doing all these horrible things, but how do we get this evidence? Sure. And that I can imagine as a small town, as a police you have to grapple with what's gossip what's real but then if you keep hearing it so much like it has to be real and then but it'd be frustrating to know like this terrible person is getting away with this and we have to just sit yeah. by idly and not do anything because we have no fucking evidence I right can't, can't imagine in march 1978 geraldine was getting um this is a new lady i'm gonna introduce you oh, to geraldine geraldine sorry okay. uh one of the new followers was getting treatment for leukemia and Roche had befriended her husband. So him and Roche were okay. tight. He convinced Geraldine's husband to bring her to the healthy living clinic. I'm assuming that's like a urgent care or something. No, shit. that's the clinic they started where they're selling organic goods and treating oh, people God, okay. and Sorry, giving them alternative the medicine. Okay. So Roche visited the hospital while Geraldine was getting treatment. And he, it was like a big scene. He shouted at the doctors and nurses. And he's like, how could he pump her full of so many drugs? It's like, because she needs it. It's like the only alternative we have, unfortunately. Through all of this, he convinced Geraldine's husband to coax Geraldine to leaving the hospital where she's getting treatment from trained professionals to go to his clinic called the Healthy Living Clinic. Mm. And the husband convinced her. Geraldine's father recalls not being allowed to visit her because he oh, probably was going to try to talk reason into right. her. And his treatment, oh God, like oh, how no. does is anyone? This get, is this where we start the triggers? No, no, it's just his, this isn't even it. No, this is insane. Okay. He thought his treatment would be giving her grape juice and organic foods to cure her cancer. Oh, that's what he thought will cure cancer. Yep, her, for her. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we can all dream. <laughs> well, what do you think happened? She passed away in the clinic. No mm. big surprise there. This is when the Seventh Day Adventist Church was like, no more. We are wiping our hands clean. We don't want anything, anything to, to do, do with this guy. Ass. Yeah. She was probably in a lot of pain and didn't have anything to help her get through that pain. Yeah. Oh, probably nothing. Yeah. They're feeling like, oh, here's a berry, and you're when you're in that much pain, like you better pump that morphine. Yeah, something fuck. to ease them of their pain because no one needs to live a painful death mm. if not needed. Mm -mm. He then had this grand idea that he was going to have some of his followers marry each other, oh, even that's though so, that's so classic cult bullshit. Yeah, but even though he, they never once expressed that they liked each other that way or felt the inclination to get married. But he's like, you're gonna get married. Yep. Gonna get married today, Krista. No thanks, I'm good. Been there, done that. Rosh was not authorized legally to help marry people either, but he thinks he does. Held several ceremonies for his followers and they were long, gross ceremonies about women being servient to men. Subservient. Subservient, yeah. yeah. I, I know what you meant. When the female follower Solange invited her parents to attend. Beyonce sister? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but their priest instructed them not to attend. Like, because, and I can understand because you're enabling your daughter by attending, but I can also understand it's your daughter's wedding. So there's a lot of torn emotion there. And they 
came to support her so they attended and it was recalled that they cried through the ceremony but not tears of joy they were like weeping tears of sadness like hmm, how sad uh so after this fake marriage whatever the hell he was up to giselle became pregnant and this is when she reached her lowest she's being rejected from rosh's ugly ass and she gave him ultimatum. She said, leave the commune or tell his or and tell your followers to find a new home. They can't live with us anymore. Or she's going to move in with her dad and leave him. So she's had enough. She's at the end of her journey with him and this stupid thing he's doing. He then proceeded to punch her in the mouth and kept her trapped in a room for two days. So like sick abuse, just disgusting. Later in the year in June, the clinic's not doing well. Well, if you have police control, uh, patrolling your area, doesn't really scream, come on in. This it's safe for you. <laughs> and since he killed the poor woman with leukemia, the Ventus who used to help supply their food had cut them off. They're like, no more. We're not your partners in this. Okay. We don't care what money you make. We're not helping you out. Well, it's weird to see some religions with a soul. I just made that part up. Wink, wink. You know. Don't give him too much credit. They probably just, he probably gave him the creeps. And they're like, I can't be around that creepy man anymore. True. So now they have to move. The clinic's falling apart. So the group gets in a bunch of cars and they are traveling for a whole month. <laughs> a month. Put that in perspective. Imagine those road trips you hate that take two days. Searching for a new place to call home. Mm-mm. Mm. <sighs> no way. So they settle in the wilderness, and after a two-day hike, they land on an area they nicknamed the Eternal Mountain. And this is where they supposedly would end, spend the last year of their life before the world would end. Don't forget, they're a doomsday cult. Right. I forgot about that part, to be honest So Eternal Mountain, you got it? Mm-hmm. According to Rush, the world was going to end February 17th, 1979. He claimed a storm of boulder-sized hail would rain down and an earthquake would happen at the same time with lightning. He would be the group's guide to help them become God's chosen group. And if they listened to him, they would be able to survive this apocalypse because he's so fucking special. <laughs> like, tell me you weren't loved without <laughs> telling me you're not loved. That's what I'm getting from this. Okay, so this is where the nickname kind of plays in. So I said they were the Antil kids because he sat on his skitty little bony pale ass. No one wanted to see. They were working on the side of the mountain for about 17 hours to build a communal cabin that they're going to spend eternity yeah. in. Rosh would ration their food, and if they complained about being hungry, he would be like, well, fine, bitch. You want to complain? Well, how do you feel about supper tomorrow? Because you're not getting any. Oh, my God. And he is not working because he has oh, little stomach issues. <laughs> I can't. I got a stomach issue problem. <laughs> you do all the work. Oh. I'm sorry. My tummy hurts. Oh, my God. I can't. Will you come pat my tummy while mm. you lay that brick? You know I can't right now. <laughs> so many levels right now. I can't. Okay. Okay. Ooh. And a few of the members were like, what the fuck did I sign up for? Hell no. And they left. So some of them were like, we are not dealing with this. Why am I breaking my back? 
while he's doing nothing. So there were some that wisened up. And when they left, he gave no fight. He just, he said, okay, you can go. He did tell them they were an evil in the eyes of God. Oh, God, Ben. You're so evil. Poor Giselle, this girl. Yeah, where's she been at? What's been happening other than being abuse? (laughs) So one of the girls came forward and told her that she had been having sex with Roche. Mm. And why would you want to do that? First of all, but... And Giselle fleet like she's heartbroken. I I think she knew all along. I think she was in denial from when like it seems like she had a no, but this like confirmed it for her. So she like runs away and she thinks she's just gonna flee. I'm done with this. He seeks her out and finds her and almost chokes her to death. And she's terrified. He snitched on her. Like just Kind of just get out there in silence, you know, like, fuck. And she's like scared for her life. So she returns to the commune. Oh, and from these events, he decides that uh, all the marriages he's make believed uh, are no longer a thing. And he decided he's going to start marrying the girls to himself. They're no longer married oh, to his that's original partners. Now they're all married to him. Conveniently, uh, Warren Jeff's bullshit exactly what he did who warren jeffs the guy up in north northern northeastern arizona what's the cult name i don't know it flds you know it very well oh yeah the girl i shout out i don't know much about it honestly oh you don't oh sorry so warren jeffs is local so he's in the uh i think it's colorado city northeastern corner or western corner of arizona and that's where all the polygamous shit happened and he was the ringleader of that that married himself to literally children. Talking about cults, the Jonestown Massacre happened on November 18th, 1978. So we're on the same timeline, okay? Mm-hmm. Roche claimed he envisioned the event before it even happened. Of course he did. Mm-hmm. This, though, this significant event caused a lot of problems for him and did not make his life easy because now everyone and their mothers are starting to talk about the dangers of being a cult. Like, it wasn't really a conversation right. until this happened. And this also reinvigorated the family members of Roche's followers to reach out and to try to disrupt the group. Okay. So I'm sure they were never okay with it, but they're like, okay, well, maybe they're just living on the, like, you know how you try to yeah. rationalize in your mind. thousand percent. So you can move through life living and be okay. But in your mind, you're probably the mother like, okay, maybe it's a little wacky, but oh, it's just. It's probably harmless. Oh, he's just bringing home saved souls. Yeah, yeah, but then I think that it caused those people to wake up and be like, no, this is really harmful and this could end in a bad way. Mm-hmm. The police, again, are still on his tail. They're trying to figure out a way to bring him into custody, but they have no evidence. They did somehow manage to bring him in for questioning because I think he just kind of opted for it. He's like, oh, sure, why not? I have nothing to hide. This was like a wild goose chase. It led nothing to him being arrested. Of course. Shortly after he had this, um, probably the stress of, oh, they're on to me. They're going to know I have a cult. He abandons his sober lifestyle. He's drinking the White Claws again. <laughs> He's getting the meat. Yes, we circle back to the White Claws. He's got the meat and cheese sweats. <laughs> Arby's, we got the meat sweats. He's eating his in and out. He's on that junk food. Our in and out sucked though. That's another story. Another time. Not interesting one. It's just sad. I know. 
So he's quit his dare program. Hot dog mm-hmm. in the grocery store. What? He's like, give it to me, baby. But his obsession with food goes far. Can I tell you why? Yeah. Because he makes one of his followers become a prostitute so he can get his hands on some meat and cheese. Wait, for real? <laughs> yes. I need more details. I can't laugh at that because it's sad, but it's also kind of funny. Like, you're that addicted, dude. But, like, also, I'm not going to lie. But- <laughs> He literally yesterday at QT, I picked up the meat and fucking cheese like duo when I was getting gas. What's the meat and cheese duo? It's a fucking stick of bullshit cheese, like fake string cheese, and a fucking beef jerky. And you go and you bite it off together. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh my god, I'm so like trash, and I fucking love that. Wait, snack. so it's they're separate and you buy them at the same time, or they're wrapped? No, they're wrapped together, and they're like like a the Twin Towers, and, like, you unpeel it, and you can bite it as one thing of meat I've had prosciutto, prosciutto, not prosciutto. Oh, prosciutto is, like, the fucking uh, good meat. That shit okay. is good. But anyway. Okay, so Krista would have a prostitute for her meat and cheese person. But yes. I was like, what a far way to fall. He's like, Angel doesn't eat refined sugar. Now all of a sudden he's like, I'm gonna put this woman out and make her, like, have sex with men so I have some meat and cheese. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty extreme, right? So this drunk bitch, he's like a hot drunk mess. He's rambling nonsense and holding sermons. Like, imagine yourself at your drunkest. You are not going to. Been there, bro. Never held a sermon, but, you know, (laughs) haven't been my best. (laughs) Well, we wish banter sermons. (laughs) Oh, I have had. You're right. I have had many of those. (laughs) I've held many of Hell knows up in here. If anyone would fall asleep, he would take a four-inch thick club and hit them over the head with it. Is that how we get our listeners? Okay, well, I guess it's violence <laughs> and gruesomeness that people are into. That's how we get our listeners. Okay. So one of the girls uh, became pregnant, one of the followers. And, and she's under 18. They didn't say whose baby it was, but I'm assuming it's his. Because he had them all married himself. And one day, she happened to eat a little bit more than she ra- was rationed. She ate two measly pancakes more than she was supposed to. He proceeded to break both of her ribs. With uh, his hands? With what? Like just I think punch, a, it's just punching her. Okay, you weren't kidding. Okay, that's very upsetting. One of his favorite tactics and as Phoenicians, we're going to be like, mm-hmm. fuck no. He would make people stand naked in the snow for hours. Oh, absolutely. I don't know how you could even. I would literally. No. Mm-mm. Fuck you. I can't even imagine how cold your feet would feel. Ugh, no. have, you, have you ever done that in the Midwest? We used to do it in Vermont where or like, I don't know, some shit in New England um, where you'd have a hot tub and you run out in the snow and go back in the hot tub. Yeah, that's fun. That's different than standing there for hours. Yeah, and now, first of all, more than literally three seconds is enough for me. So, <laughs> God bless the hours, folks. That is just a pain. I, I don't even like when it's below 70 degrees. So, I just can't. Mm, no. I'm, I'm proud of you for admitting your threshold is actually 70, not 60 degrees. Thank you. One of the followers, Jock, uh, left the group. And this is where he takes another turn. Rather than just leaving them and telling his 
ex-followers, oh, you're the devil, blah, blah, blah. He now uses it as a tactic. He has more people now than ever making his followers question why they're with him, right? Mm-hmm. So he tells them that he was taken by the devil. And this mm-hmm. makes his group even more obedient than they were beforehand. Okay. One of the women comes forward. Her name's Marzi, and she says she wants to leave. Oh, this next part is very gruesome. Skip for 30 seconds or a minute if you need to. I need to. (laughs) Not allowed. He proclaims to her, like, why the hell are you leaving? And he says he's going to cut off her toes, okay? (gasps) And one of the followers that used to be wed to her, so it's like her husband at one point, right? Stands up and he's like, this isn't okay, let her leave. And he starts screaming at him, like, disgusting disgusting foul things like are you a faggot why don't you have a backbone women need be like listen to every word we say it's like i'm gonna cut off her all her toes and the guy stands up the guy who used to be her husband and cuts off one of her small toes with an axe this is his moment to shine in the cult he now becomes like his left hand man the main enforcer That's so not okay. And the rules for the cult just become, this is like just the beginning. It just becomes worse and more strict as the days proceed because he's just on this ride of power. Mm -hmm. And I think he just sees a little glimpse of what he can get away, away with. So what else can I get away with? He then makes it to the point where the members are restricted from speaking to each other without him being present. Mm Mm-mm. He became so insane that he's actually spying on his own followers. That's, again, cults. Cults 101. (laughs) This is when he became, like, lost his fucking goddamn mind. I don't think he ever had a mind to begin with because I don't think this person deserves to get that kind of praise because he's a (laughs) fucking barbarian animal. I wouldn't even call him an animal because most animals are very sweet. He's the devil. He would hit them with belts or hammers. He would suspend them from the ceiling when he heard them gossiping. He would pluck each and every hair on their body individually or would poop on them. I knew there was poop because I knew knew earlier, y'all, she was telling me about how she was so disgusted. Like, there's poop in this story. I know it. Well, okay. okay. We are at the grand finale. The world's going to end. Well, what do you know? 2023 never happened. But you know what his fight was? His argument? No. Well, God worked on a different time zone. Oh, my God. How fucking convenient. What's heaven's time zone? I have no idea. It does not tell me on my Apple Watch. Does it tell you on yours? Sure does not. And what the fuck? Of course. How can you fucking convenient? Praise the Lord. No one's telling me his time zone. God um, didn't tell me his time zone difference. I couldn't Google it because, you know. Because gun link sucks. <laughs> I didn't want to tell you guys this, but like, gun link fucking sucks. He's like really rude and doesn't tell me there was like a 16,000 year difference. And he like fucking does shit and like you don't even know what's happening. And like, it just <laughs> fucking does. You know, like, fuck him. Well, God is working out his time zone in that short time. God can't figure it out. Well, Roche has no hard time putting himself in. 
some other women's privates because he has now 26 children and this isn't in two year span. So let that settle oh, hold in. Up, I'm sorry. Hold up, hold up. Or maybe two or three. This four year span. had 26 children in two years. Something gross. The ultimate fucked up cult leader he is, they would call him Pappy. When he'd become angry, he would take on the role of being a surgeon. He would hold the patient down, fully conscious by other followers, and then he'd work on them on whatever was available. Oh, this is going to make me sick. Wait, so they didn't even have an issue? He's working on them because they're available souls? Uh, who knows? Or they might have had some kind of sickness and he could fix it, some god complex. But he'd use kitchen utensils, pliers, or a blowtorch. Okay. And people lost limbs, teeth, fingers, and toes in this practice of him getting to play real life, make believe I'm a surgeon. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. I'm going to pick up my kitchen knife today and just play make believe. Did they all die? No, we're not that far. Um, okay, this How is... How not die? A fucking infection. If you're laughing at this point, this is where it all ends. I'm sorry. Not even laughing. I'm, I'm... No, I mean before that, because it's going to get so dark. I'm sorry. But it already I told did. You this is- <laughs> it already did. Fuck. <laughs> I told you this is when I did the research and I couldn't turn back. And mm-hmm. I was like, fuck. I did so much research. You did. You warned me. I was like, I'm too far in because I would not have covered this story if I knew it was this dark. Sorry. I'm just going to go for it. I'm not into this stuff, okay? Here we go. You like this episode? Probably just stop it and don't listen anymore. (laughs) It's that bad. It's that bad. I wouldn't listen anymore. It's bad. Oh, no. He forced commune members to break their own legs with sledgehammers. Absolutely not. I'll break your dick in your head before you make me break my own leg. Fuck you. <laughs> to shoot each other in the shoulders. Nope. Eat each other's feces or their own. And eat insects and rats. He would nail children to a tree and force other children to throw rocks at them. He had forcefully m- removed teeth and nails. He would burn mm. his followers by making them sit on lit stoves. He would cut off their arms and legs without warning. He would make what? Like a fucking chainsaw? Like how the fuck? Girl, this part, I couldn't read that much. So I, I'm just curious. I just fucking cut off people's limbs. Like fucking, you gotta, what the fuck? You know, laser or some shit. What the, well, this was like a 20 page thing. And I got to a point where I was like, I can't read anymore. It It made me sick. He made them sit naked in the cold and whip them and beat them. Nothing ever crossed his mind that it was too far as a punishment. Whew, sorry, this shit is dark. Okay, sorry guys. However, I found an article and they said his piece de resistance. Piece de resistance. Oh, this, no, this is, okay guys, skip ahead two minutes real queasy because I, I read this. I, guys, I'm tapping out too. This is where I Googled, is this real? Because I, oh God, I might nope. need to go see a doctor after you know this. No, what? I don't know. If you do, then I I can't even like, okay, go. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't know. I wouldn't have brought this to be witch banter, but I was too far in and I had to finish. I spent an hour or two researching this shit. So at that point, I was like, I'm devoted. Okay. So forget me. Okay. 
Let me get back to the sad shit. So one of his followers complained of pain in the abdomen. He forced her to undress, laid her on the kitchen table, punched her in the stomach, performed an anema. Is it anema? Enema. Uh, uh, enema. Okay. Performed an anema. Enema. Enema. <laughs> performed an anema. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> enema. Enema. Okay. Perform an enema, right? Enema. How the fuck do you say this fucking word? Enema. Enema, okay. By shoving a tomb up her rectum and filled her up with olive oil. Okay, no. Then you he, aren't even like, okay, oh my god, no. Then he cut her stomach open, ripped out parts of her intestines with his bare hands, and he forced another follower to stitch her up. She was okay. A, she was conscious and alive, and don't talk about all this. I'm just gonna keep reading like his words. Then he shoved a tube down her throat and made the other women blow air into it. She died the next day. This is when he claimed he had powers of a resurrection. He's going to bring her back to life. So they ended up drilling a hole into the dead women's skull. Mm -hmm. And then every male member, this is the part I just, I'm ashamed to even say it out loud. It makes me feel shameful. They ejaculated into her skull as a way to bring her alive. That's, uh, hey. I don't want to talk about it. I can't. I can't. It's so disgusting. All right. (laughs) Okay. So that was the most foul shit I've ever read in my life. I'm not going to even try to articulate how I feel because reading it was one thing. And that's why I was like, this can't be real because how are people so evil? Other victims, the Roche consisted of two of his other children, one of which he left murdered during a failed circumcision, and the other oh. died when uh, he left him outside in the middle of a blizzard. Oh, buddy. You're making me, like, actually cry over here. <laughs> oh, really? Sorry. A little bit. It's gross, right? It took the near death experience of Gabriel Levy to bring light to all these horrible crimes against humanity. Gabriel had endured blowtorches. Oh, sorry. This Okay, skip ahead. Actually, just cancel the episode if you can't take it. I'll be honest. <laughs> if your mental health is worth more than you listening to us, this is really going to be bad. Sorry. Had endured blowtorches that were held to her genitals. Eight of her teeth were taken out. And a hypodermic needle breaking off in her spine. She tried to escape but could not live without the cult and went back. He took this as a good reason to cut off one of her fingers, nail her hand to a table, and amputate her entire arm with a hunting knife. She again did not see this as a reason to leave. I don't understand this part, but I'm not going to victim blame. It took her amputating parts of her breasts and smashing her head in with an axe for her to actually flee and contact the authorities. I don't understand how she was living or breathing. So now the police finally has evidence to arrest him. (sighs) He was arrested for assault in 1989 
and was convicted for murder in 1993 for the death of Solange Bollard. He had previously killed an infant named Samuel Gugwar, while two of his disciples, Geraldine and Gabrielle, died following homeopathic treatments administered to them by him. He received a life sentence, and he was serving time at Dorchester Penitentiary. Penitentiary, sorry. Penitentiary. Penitentiary. What, say again? Penitentiary. Penitentiary? I, I can barely say it. Penitentiary. He was murdered at Dorchester Prison. Can't blame this guy. In 2011, his cellmate walked up to the guards and said, quote, that piece of shit is down on the range. Here's the knife. I sliced him up. So he did not die as he had a vision <laughs> as a prophet sent by God, but instead his cellmate was sickened by his sick soul and cut him up to death. Whew. And that was me treading lightly on what the fuck this horrible, horrible, horrible man did. That was that was treading lightly. All right. No, that thank you for sharing that. Again, like I sound so ignorant, but like you're like, oh Canada, freshly French Canadian, so peaceful. Clearly it's not. <laughs> so yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna do a toot toot beep beep. This is where we brag on people and their achievements or just mm -hmm. cool ass things that people have done. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna be talking about a daughter of an ex cult leader who has used her trauma to help others. Love that. She came and turned her mother into the authorities for the abuse of kids and two toddlers who oh happened God. to be her brothers that were murdered in the name of the cult House of Prayer. Stop it. Uh, her name is Joy F Fluker. Okay. When she turned her mother in, her family abandoned her. And she realized that there are several organizations for victims of crime, but no organizations that are out there to help people who report the crime. Right. At, to authorities because by reporting it there's your own set of traumas that everyone sure. lives through because you can imagine it's mm -hmm. how much you have to go through to get to that point just to turn someone in especially Absolutely. your family member yeah your mom and your yeah that's horrific joy decided to create the organization called prevent the pain to support those brave enough to report crimes at all costs Good for her. She wants to help support people in different ways like an emotional way maybe mm -hmm. being the person that goes to hold their hand when they go to the police station, paying for counseling services, or someone is, like, scared for their life because they just ratted out someone. And right. And set up a fund to help them, like, go somewhere else temporarily. But, yeah, witness protection, but not, kind of. She's hoping that this will give witnesses the courage to speak up and help uh, close more cold cases. Her thought is if she can get one person to come forward and it resolves one, like, missing person case or one, mm -hmm. uh, like, a murder or any kind of crime, it's kind of made all the suffering that she went through worth it. Absolutely. And that is mine. What's yours? Okay. Very similar. Cult leader's daughter. Ex-cult le member from a cult leader that is now in prison. But we're going to get to why. So this is the story of Sarah Green. Her mother was named uh, Deborah, and she was a nut job, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. She founded the cult, her mother Deborah, the Aggressive Christianity Missions Training Corps, ACMTC for short, nice. a freaking paramilitary religious cult headquartered in New Mexico. 
It also has other names, Holy Tribal Nation, the Free Love Ministries, or the Life Force Team. <laughs> Wait, what was the last one? The Life Force Team. Oh, the Life Force Team. Okay. <laughs> it still to this day operates in a militant structure, and it was actually based on the Salvation Army's militant mm-hmm. structure. However, today the organization has been classified as a hate group, thank Christ, by the Southern, Southern Poverty Law Center. And again, it was founded in the 80s by Sarah Green, who escaped. Um, her parents were awful named again James and Deborah. This is what they made Sarah survive. So not only the regimentation, as I just discussed, of literally military training style to pray, to eat, to do all of the things on the right time, to be educated that way, very strict prayer. And then fighting rituals, which reminded me of your <laughs> your second Terry story, <laughs> your white trash story, because they oh. fought they fought demons with fake swords. Oh, like cosplay? Uh-huh. Oh, God. They also forced sarah to move around her whole childhood so they moved incessantly and while being moving around the whole country without stability she was homeschooled and witnessed really not only bizarre behaviors but disgusting abuses she was forced to marry a man 10 years her senior and had to have uh, several children by him and unfortunately had to leave two of her sons behind wow yeah So obviously, needless to say, psychological and physical abuse was also entangled in there. But go to Sarah made it all the way to New York City eventually in the early to mid 2000s after decades of abuse. She is now finally living the life she dreamed of for herself with another baby that's um, not that was not born in the cult. But her sons, again, unfortunately, were stuck behind in the cult very much Aww, like the mormon terrible. shit that we see some positive news though in 2018 so not too long ago deborah green her mother was sentenced to 70 72 years in prison after being convicted of this is disgusting trigger of child rape kidnapping and child abuse wow and her father james green pleaded to no contest of child abuse abuse charges and in december 2018 was sentenced to 10 years in prison and uh as of as of august 2017 it's also under investigation by the children youth and families department of new mexico this this cult Mm. so i'm sorry sarah that you had to witness that but she's absolutely stunning i'll I'll put a photo on her shared album and um she did it that's awesome. The amount of courage it takes to, again, leave your family behind, mm-hmm. let alone rat on them like your case. So power to those who escaped. Faux show. Well, should we wrap it up on that note? Let's do it. Okay. Be smart, bitches, and don't join a cult. Peace, be witches. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Instagram or bewitchbanter.com. Suggestions for the show? Emails at bewitchbanter at gmail.com. Credits, Music Phantom Fun by Jonathan Boyle from premiumbeat.com. Podcasts, edited and produced by Kristen Hins and Amy Holt. As always, if you enjoyed, please rate, review, and subscribe.